the transfer portal, it's a thing, and Alabama's going to have to deal with it. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Man, I'm uh, I'm exhausted from reading portal news and the portal, <laughs> the portal. I mean, and that's insofar in as Alabama, but I, I read what's going on the portal from around the country, and it is crazy already. And this ain't even the crazy time. That's next week. Yeah, we were we were petrified of this as as college football fans, and um, it's happening. It's happening right now. It's happening in front of our eyes. Uh, it is scary because you. You, you literally – you can say, hey, we got this freshman that's up and coming, you know, and, and you can say that in mid-November, early October, late September, whatever. You have no idea if that fool is going to be on the team. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> so today, just today, I mean, we talked about Damian George getting in the portal yesterday. Christian Leary, Treshawn Holden, and Tanner Bowles are all in the portal now. Now, look, you can make – I, I – Christian Leary and Treshawn. Treshawn just scored a touchdown in the Iron Bowl, by the way. Those guys have made a contribution. Of course, you know, it, it's Leary and Treshawn Holden have not necessarily lived up to what we hoped they would. That's no fault of their own, I, I guess. I'm not trying to pick on them. I'm just saying it's not like Julio Jones is in the portal. Um, Tanner Bull has really not been a contributor yet. So if you want to use the argument, hey, this is good attrition, we'll get somebody else. I mean, I guess, but what I worry about with things like this is chemistry and uh, keeping the team together and, and on the same page. And, um, boy, it's it's not like any one of these guys leaving or even the the accumulation of three of them leaving kills me. I'm just – I know this isn't it. There's going to be more. Uh, probably. I would just off the top of my head say – not even counting the guys we expect to move on to the NFL, I think there will be at least 10 more players that will enter the portal uh, at some point, uh, whether it's this coming window or the window in the spring, uh, which will be after spring practice. Uh, I, I think it will be at least 10 more. Uh, again, maybe even up to 20 more. Uh, that's how crazy it will be. Uh, this is the way I, I think of it several points to make. Uh, number one, it has to happen. It has to happen. First of all, there has to be kids that get in the portal and leave because everyone wants to bring in 30 new kids. We're going to sign. Don't be the guy that wants to sign 30 kids and then freaks out every time somebody gets in the portal. If you want to sign 30, you've got to have kids leave. There are no exceptions to the 85 rule. You have 85 scholarships and that's it. So, However many come in, that many have to go out. So, first of all, it just has to happen. Secondly, another way to look at, you know, the portal is there are three types of situations in general that result in a kid getting the portal. Three types, and these are the major types. Obviously, there can be little details and situations and circumstances, but there's three major ones. Number one, a kid gets kicked off the team. You know, he has no choice. He can't return to the team. He's removed. 
be it discipline, be it academics, be it attitude. A kid is removed from the team. You can't remove them for athletic performance. That's against the rules. You can't just go up to a kid and say, you're not good enough to play here. You're cut from your scholarship. You can't do that. That is against NCAA rules. But you can remove a kid from the team for discipline-related reasons. So that's number one. Some of these kids, and I think we now have at least six, six kids off this past current team are now in the portal, uh, the three today plus uh, the three that had already gone in the portal. Uh, I'm not saying any of them were kicked off or maybe all of them were. We won't know that because Nick Saban just doesn't believe it's in the player's best interest to be forthcoming and, uh, you know, super public about that sort of stuff. But the point is some kids entering the portal may not have an option. They can't stay at Alabama anymore. They've been removed. The second type of kid uh, that can be in the portal, and this is what I think we're seeing right now in almost every single case myself personally, is a kid that's just frustrated with his situation at Alabama, usually about playing time. That's the usual thing. I'm not playing enough. I don't like my role. Uh, I think my role should be bigger. I think I should play more or maybe it has something to do with, I don't want to go to school with this particular girl who's stalking me. I don't mates. Uh, I don't like how I have one class on one side of the quad and another class, you know, up by the, the, the soccer stadium. Uh, I don't know. Some kids just want to leave and they leave and they're not talked into staying. That's different than the first kind. The second kind I'm talking about is, hey, I think I want to leave. It gets back to the coaches that so-and-so is leaving and they're like, yeah, fine. We need the room. We're not going to talk that kid into staying. It's fine that he's leaving and we understand his situation and we need the room anyway. That's fine. I think Basically, just in my opinion, there's no way for me to know that's probably the situation with most kids and most of these kids that have entered the portal. The third type of kid, and I don't think we've gotten to that yet. I could be wrong. I mean, again, I'll always say that I could be wrong. The third type of kid that enters the portal enters the portal and the staff doesn't want him to go. The staff, the staff and coach, or they're like, no, 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 I want you to go. At that point, it becomes almost a recruiting situation and trying to recruit the kid out of the portal recruiting from making that decision to go into the portal. And some of these situations happen with the kid never in the portal. We just never hear about it. But that's the third thing. A kid that enters the portal, a good example would be Drew Sanders a year ago, you know, who entered the portal against the staff's wishes. They tried to get him to stay uh, best they could. They could not. And he left. Uh, but those are the three things we're talking about, right? Discipline, you know, you're, you're off the team for bad conduct. That's portal kid number one. And portal kid number two is just leaving because he's not, but we don't want to talk him into staying. And number three is the kid that gets in the portal and we're, no, no, no. Um, so those are the three main situations. Uh, I think in this situation so far, Luke, where we got six kids in the portal, to my knowledge, what I know, which is next to nothing, uh, but I, I, I think we're primarily dealing with the situation number two here. I would add situation number four. Um, and I don't know that it's come to this yet. I think it will eventually that you will have kids go in the portal just to see if what you will do to fish them back. Great point. Great point. I should have said that. that that's an excellent point. And I think this is the first year that that, that could happen. I read something today uh, where at least one analyst believes that's already happening. I don't think it's with any of the Alabama kids yet, uh, but 
yes, that is going to happen in some instances. The kid who's using the portal as a negotiating tool insofar as NIL deals, uh, yes, that is a great point. And we could see that at Alabama. I don't believe uh, if any of our six that are in the portal now uh, did that for option four, <laughs> they're likely to be quite disappointed. No, there's no question. But it was like last year, um, I forget where I heard it, but somebody was like, oh, Bryce Young, I'd go in the portal. Just go in yeah. the portal and yeah. go to the highest bidder. Now, you want even if Alabama's a little less than the highest bidder, you go, okay, well, I got what I wanted. You know, I, I wanted Alabama to up the ante. They did, and I'm coming back. And this, you talk about team uh, divisiveness. Again, I get it. Everybody's got to go get that bag. Uh, you know, everybody's got to go do their thing, but it's going to come eventually. This is going to come to a head. It's going to come at the expense of the sport, um, and and that's what worries me. Now, let's let's sit back and just see what happens. It's already here, so we might as well uh, see what all these unintended consequences are. They're going to be consequences. So, Jimmy, I need to tell everybody about Bet Online. You know I love Bet Online. You love Bet Online. We all love Bet Online. Why wouldn't we love Bet Online? Because it's fantastic. It's your number one source for all your sports betting info. Anything you need, they got it there at betonline.net. Betting info, stats, news, analysis, whatever. Get the latest odds and trends for every single professional amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer to esports to pickleball. I don't know if pickleball is on there, but if you can bet on pickleball, you can do it through betonline.net. They got it all covered there. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at betonline.net as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix on. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online is where the game starts. All right, so Jimmy, um, well, you know, at, at first when I was about to do this segment, I was like, let's talk about some other guys that could get in the portal. That's so dangerous. I'm not going to do yeah. it. Yeah, it's a little irresponsible. And, and and I just say that being it's not fair. I mean, you know, I, mean I, I know everybody listening might have their own opinions and they have their own knowledge of the roster. Look, this is what fans want. They want – their perceived bottom of to make room for new kids at the top. Right. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily work that way, although, you know, it can, uh, but uh, it's, it's not fair to assume, Hey, this kid, it's, it's almost like, man, I wish that particular kid would quit. And that's, that's not the way to be a uh, support a college football team. So I just want all of them to be successful, hopefully at Alabama, but I also realize that uh, there's only 85 spots. So not everybody can do it here. I guess another way to say this, then, instead of being irresponsible, have you heard of anybody that Alabama would consider a starter for next year potentially portaling out? Uh, I have not, uh, other than rumors that I put no stock in. Uh, but as you pointed out in the last segment, that that is so true. I'm not going to be surprised if a high-profile player at Alabama gets in the portal as a negotiating ploy uh, pushed by his people or his agent because uh, most of these high-profile kids have their own NIL agents now. Uh, that is not going to shock me. Uh, I, hope, I, I, I think that whole situation is just bad for college football, but it's coming. Um, but, no, I, I, you know, rumors that I hear I don't put a lot of stock in because I hear so many. But uh, I, I just know this, I, without naming specific names, because I really don't honestly have them, I would be guessing, but I believe there will be at least 10 more players that we expect back or, or that fans expect back 
that that will be uh, headed to the portal. Uh, that could happen in December, January, or when the next portal window opens in late April. Um, you know, I, I, what you and something you and I do every year that we've always done for uh, Crimson Country Club, which was the uh, the beginning of Locked on Bama. It led to talking Tuscaloosa, and then of course Locked on Bama. We've always done class superlatives. Where we talk about who we think the best signee is, who the signee that uh, you know will have the biggest impact initially, who uh, will will do this, who will do that. One of the categories has always been I'm more bullish than Jimmy on, and you're more bullish than me on. And I said in this category, Jimmy's more bullish than Luke on, and Luke being me, Tanner Bowles. And this is what I said. And I'm just going to read it without even pre-reading it, and hopefully it's not anything terrible. I said, yeah. we signed, this is from 2019 class. We signed an incredible group of offensive linemen, but of the five, Tanner is the least decorated and the least sexy. Now, I was using sexy in a uh, different way. I said, I need to find a better word. But mm -hmm. one thing about this position, it's often a surprise. That's because this spot is so contingent on playing in a cerebral fashion. Hard work, chemistry with your teammates, and just good old-fashioned brute strength. So don't bet against uh, Tanner Bowles, but he would be my pick for a guy that is of the, our offensive line group, the least likely to contribute. And, yeah. um, you know, it turned out there were some other guys that, that fit that bill. I mean, uh, Pierce yeah. Quick, who's now at Georgia Tech, Amari Kite, who hadn't contributed a ton yet. Um, but so, you know, we thought that was going to be a, a fabulous offensive line class that hadn't come to fruition. But um, anyway, Again, losing those three guys in particular, I know that Christian Leary was somebody that um, message boards loved. You know, mm -hmm. they just loved his potential. But, you know, what's funny is I'm trying to think about those two guys, specifically Treshawn Holden and Christian Leary's careers. And the only two plays that I can really come up with is last year against Arkansas when Bryce Young – found Christian Leary, and it was – I think it ended up being a backwards pass instead right. of a, an actual pass for a touchdown. Yeah, and that was right. all That was all Bryce Young. I mean, that didn't have to be Christian Leary to do that. You could have been – you could have been Tanner Bowles to score a touchdown right there. <laughs> um, and then Treshawn Holden this year against Auburn, you know? Treshawn's got quite a few catches, and he's made plays. I mean, of, of the six kids in the portal, Holden's the one that's played the most with the ones. Yeah. And, and, and had he returned – uh, it makes sense that he would have been in rotation. I don't, it's pretty rare. It has happened, but it's pretty rare in the course of kids' careers at Alabama under Saban that their first team as freshmen and sophomores and then benched as juniors unless yeah. there's some sort of discipline thing. So Holden would have played, but I do think that these young receivers that emerged over the course of the season, and we, and we saw Kendrick Law emerge late, uh, this season, I think these young guys were sort of leapfrogging Treshawn, and I think he sort of saw the writing on the wall that his role was likely to diminish uh, as the young guys got more experience in the spring and next fall camp. So I would think that Holden left because he saw his role diminishing as the younger players were sort of getting ready to take over that wide receiver position. Leary just didn't play much at all this year. Uh, I know he had an injury in fall camp. That might have affected things. But I think Leary, much like Holden, sees the same thing. These true freshmen that were here last year, uh, they made quick, 
quick moves up the depth chart and then Leary couldn't get on the field. It's not like that situation was going to change. Now you got a Juco kid coming in in the next class, Malik Benson. He's going to show up to, to be an immediate contributor. So I think Leary and Holden just left to go someplace where they're more likely to get uh, full-time first-team snaps and be a bigger thing. Uh, and they both might do that because they're both good players. Uh, you can be a really good football player at the college level and not be a big part of things. Alabama, you have to sort of be exceptional to play it at Alabama's Nick, Sa Nick Saban's Alabama. Uh, Tanner Bowles played less than Leary, less than Holden, never really played snaps with the ones. However, one of the things that benefits Bowles, he's an older kid, his positional versatility is what's going to help him find a spot. He can play center, he can play guard, he can play tackle. Uh, again, an older kid, he's probably a grad transfer uh, with two years of eligibility left. Uh, it's not going to surprise me one bit, Luke, if, if – if he goes to a school where he ends up being a starter, uh, that, that, that shouldn't surprise anyone. Uh, what would surprise you is if he left and went to a Georgia and Ohio state and became a starter. I don't think that's going to happen, but uh, most likely his choice, he's going to end up being a starter. He's a good player. He's just not going to beat out. I mean, for instance, the guys really ahead of him at Alabama were guys like Cohen McLaughlin, uh, JC Latham. I mean, he just wasn't going to, yeah, in fact, I mean, I'm looking back at that class. This this class, um, and again, no offense to anybody who was in this class, but this class was, boy, it ended up being rather disappointing relative to its ranking. Um, Pierce Quick was in it. Of course, he's not on the team. Paul Tyson not on the team. Uh, Evan Neal did great, and he's already in the NFL. Pat, uh, uh, Antonio Alfano was in this class. Um yeah, I mean, it's yeah, the two guys at the top. I think Al, uh, Antonio Alfano and Ish uh, Ish Sopcher was in that class too. I believe they were one and two in terms of Chang like, Lee. um, and, and and so many transfers. But I think Al, uh, Alfano and Sopcher not panning out at all. While neat, but but see, and that that really hurt this group, no Shoot. doubt. I mean, this is the top guys in the class, and they didn't pan out at all. And both defensive linemen. But I also, think, but I think both guys that that's just somehow the ball bounces that way. That that wasn't Alabama's fault. Anybody that thinks Alabama's at fault for taking those two just doesn't understand the recruiting process at all. I mean, there's 40 elite pro every elite program in the country was trying to sign those two. Uh, it was it was a thing that Alabama was able to be the one to get them. But they also would have flamed out no matter where they went because they've been other places and flamed out too. Uh, it, it, you, you take those kids a hundred times out of a hundred. Uh, did it work out? No. And it's really bad luck that it was two in the same group. And Hey, when your top two catches of the year, both don't pan out at all. Uh, it's kind of hard to bounce back from that. Jimmy, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we want to talk a couple of odd and end things and a little bit of the super seven coming up. All right, Jimmy, first of all, um, I talked to uh, some folks associated with the basketball program. Seems like Noah Clowney's going to be okay. Um, he he has you know he bruised up pretty good, and, and the bruise was near a nerve or something, which explains maybe the way his leg was twitching and and almost vibrating after he fell the other night against North Carolina. 
But uh, I was I'd sort of forgotten to ask about it. And then I started talking basketball again. I was like, oh, man, we need Noah Clowney back. And uh, it seems like everything's going to be OK. I would suspect he will play against South Dakota State this weekend in Tuscaloosa. That's good news. Uh, bowl projections, most of them now are unanimous in Alabama, probably playing Kansas State, which I absolutely loathe this matchup for numerous reasons. Number one, it is completely – speaking of unsexy, um, no offense to Kansas State, but that's uh, – They'll be offended. Yeah, they. I guess they're going to be offended. I don't mean it to be offensive, but, you know, it's just – it's sort of like Alabama-Utah in 08. It just doesn't – it's not going to ring a lot of bells, and especially if Kansas State loses in the Big 12 championship game, they're going to have four losses. And see, they don't have a lot of dudes that are going to opt out and wait for the NFL. I mean, I would say even bet that Deuce Vaughn – who is a fabulous running back. He's a ton of fun to watch, just a little ball of excitement, just human B12 shot. He's going to go out there and uh, want to play against the best and, and show NFL teams what he can do. Meanwhile, again, this has not been announced, but I'd be willing to bet Bryce Young, Will Anderson, Brian Branch, Jordan Battle, blah, blah, blah. Those guys sit out. I mean, and it makes sense for them to sit out. And so it's going to be one of those games where we're going to go in there sort of half-cocked against a team that um, is going to be fully cocked and, and ready to rock. And uh, I just – I don't like the matchup. I, I would prefer it be somebody else, but it's just going to be what it's going to be. Um, so, Jimmy, finally, let's talk a little uh, Super 7. Tonight is Thompson versus Auburn. That's a fantastic matchup. Uh, so much intrigue. I mean, Brian Harson's kid is still on the Auburn High School team, so I assume he'll be back in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Tony Mitchell, Peter Woods, Braden Joyner, those guys are committed to Alabama, Clemson, and, and Auburn, uh, respectively. So, yeah, this is going to be a fun game. And, of course, two years ago, the Thompson-Auburn game was one for the record books. I mean, where Auburn blew a lead that was unblowable. Uh, and, and they blew it, and they and Thompson won it. So I suspect they'll want some revenge. Oh yeah, I'm I'm super excited about it. Really excited about seeing several kids on both teams, but particularly the Thompson team because Alabama's recruiting so many of those guys. And uh, the eighth grade quarterback Trent uh, related to Tua, uh, closely related to Tua. Uh, my understanding, and I'm still trying to piece this together, is the eighth grade starting quarterback Thompson is is Gallo's sister. So his, his, so that would make them first cousins. Uh, so he's a first cousin to Tua. Uh, his dad is from uh, the contiguous U.S. and not uh, Hawaii. Uh, so that's why uh, not everybody would know that. So anyway, I'm, I'm excited to see him, especially in this level of game. And, of course, uh, Traquan Fagan's little brother, Antoine, uh, one of the most highly recruited 2025 kids in the country. Alabama recruiting him very hard. He's one of the 2025 guys. Looks like a fantastic class in state. Fagan's near the top of that group. Of course, I want to see Peter Woods headed to Clemson. want to see Tony Mitchell uh, committed to Alabama. Uh, want to see those guys. And uh, uh, Auburn is one heck of a high school football team. And uh, this this could be a real classic. I, I think this game is going to be a lot of fun. And I also think the game Friday night, it's going to be a lot of fun. Mountain Brook and Sarah Land, of course. Mountain Brook is just, um, you know, they're just tough, disciplined. They don't have like this cornucopia of blessed athletes. They got they got dudes that can play. Don't get me wrong, but um, they don't have a lot of freakazoids on that team. But one kid that uh, is very impressive is a guy named Cole Gamble, 
And uh, he scored six touchdowns in a game this year. He's getting some looks from uh, some some teams. Do I think he's going to be in the SEC? I, I, I don't think so, but I think he's going to end up playing D1 football somewhere. And um, he's he's they were in a rotational running back thing for a while at Mountain Brook, and he just sort of took the lead, and he hadn't relinquished it. I don't know how many touchdowns he has, but it's a lot. Um, and he's a very strong, committed player. I know his family, and uh, he's a very, very good player and good kid. Um, Sarah Land, of course, has Ryan Williams and some other dudes, a, a sophomore quarterback. I mean, they, they just got so much talent. Uh, Charles Henderson, I forgot that they got a 2025 guy named Zion Grady who's one of the top players in the country. He is unbelievable. His numbers that he puts up, just fantastic. Uh, I think he's easily one of the top prospects in Alabama. As a matter of fact, one time – probably backed off this a little bit but at one time i was asked okay who's the best prospect in the state regardless of age and i think the person asked me wanted me to say ron williams probably is the right answer but uh my answer was zon grady you know the pass rusher at charles anderson that's how good he is i mean i think he he's in that discussion as the best prospect in the state regardless of age ron williams is in that discussion too for sure as is fagans i think at, at thompson and, and even peter wood some of the 23 guys uh, it's so easy to look forward instead of what's right in front of you. But, uh, you know, Peter Woods, one heck of a prospect, unfortunately. Yeah, and uh, that uh, 2025 class is going to be so interesting and pivotal because really, I mean, that's going to – in 2025, assuming Saban is still here, then that's going to be a time when, like, some coaches like a Hugh Freeze will be able to really use the, hey, do you want to commit to Alabama? Because Saban's not going to be there the whole time. And – Meanwhile, he Freeze will have had two years to sort of build up some relationships. So the I wouldn't suspect Auburn's going to make a dent big time in, in Alabama's class this year, but I think they could make a dent uh, going forward um, as Saban gets older, Hugh gets a little more entrenched and, and gets a little more well known. So uh, yeah, I think that's going to be that's going to be one to watch. I mean, thank goodness Ryan Williams already committed, but I mean it's three years out before he can actually sign. So. Um, I'm not going to. And his dad, Sam McAuburn, uh, I, I, I bet Hugh Freeze, that, that's one Hugh probably has circled. He wants to see if he can, you know, he'll eventually find Ryan Williams. Won't take long. Uh, and uh, he will uh, circle back and uh, remind uh, that that family that dad, Sam McAuburn, for a reason, uh, you know, over Alabama back in, I think it was, oh, around there, oh, one, oh, two, somewhere in there, oh, three, maybe. Uh, and uh, so I, I don't think that one's over. It's just too far from, from signing day. And say that Alabama's got a big lead. I'm excited for you to see K.J. Lacey, the quarterback. Uh, man, if, if any fan of Bryce Young, I mean, it, it's going to be done to death, those comparisons. But you can't watch K.J. Lacey play and not think of Bryce Young. You can't. I can't wait. It's going to be a ton of fun. All right, Jimmy, that's going to do it for today's podcast. We will get with you guys tomorrow. So until then, everybody enjoy the Super 7 and roll tight. Roll tight.